Good morning, church. <laughs> How you guys doing? So um, today we're talking about my individual personality. And I wonder why I was picked for this one. But let's just focus on Pastor Mike's personality of forgetfulness. Um, he forgot how to announce somebody's name that he hired, number one. Forgot to do another announcement, number two. Forgot to do an additional announcement, number three. Three strikes, you're out, okay? Um, so the first announcement, this. Um, this is a little light, and this is this goes along with our design series. So we're designed... For many purposes, uh, one specific purpose that we'll talk about today, but within that purpose, um, we are to be a light, a light in the world, and that's how we um, really show people who we are, what we're here for, and as Jesus said, hey, let your light so shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify your, your God in heaven. And so that's what this light's for, and we encourage you as we go through the series and even after to use this as a reminder, okay, I'm a light. I'm a light, and people need to see that. And so in the back table, you can go ahead and pick that up on the way out. There is a whole bunch of these little flashlights. Say flashlight. flashlight. Y'all paying attention. Here, P. All right, and it's sad of wits, just to clarify. But anyways... Um, we actually want to go ahead and start this service off. <clears throat> Excuse me. We want to start the service off one more time before we get going with the video. And this video is going to illustrate a lot of points that I'm going to make today, but also illustrates some points that we've made in the past. So let's pray real quick. And then we're just going to actually get that video ready for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for um, how good you are. We love you. We praise you. We thank you um, for allowing us to go through a series called Design, where we get to focus on what exactly we are designed for. And God, um, that purpose that we have and what that really looks like, we pray that you would make it clear today as you have these last few weeks. Help us to see that our de- we are designed to serve and what that looks like in a special way. By the power of your Holy Spirit, work on us now and speak loudly. In Jesus' name, amen. My name is Camille. My name is Nancy Sedil. My name is Leah. Uh, My name is Marietta Sadowitz, and most people here know me as Etta. I serve at the Good News Club. I, I work with the Christian Women's Connection. I'm the treasurer for our club, and I am head deaconess at, at my church. I work with the uh, children. I'm starting the children's uh, ministries, and I also work at the greeters booth. I serve at the Good News Club. Um, I'm going to begin serving um, as children's director here at Grace Hills uh, starting this week. Well, um, as soon as we started, I knew that I wanted to work there because I love working with kids. Um, the school was right by my house, and I thought it was a great opportunity to get involved in my community. I was approached after the head deaconess passed away, Helen Noon, and at one point I didn't want to do it, but I just stepped out of my comfort zone and jumped right in, and it's the best thing I ever did. Um, my sister initially started at first, and then I said that I wanted to join in because the school is right next to my house. I had heard about this for a while, but it just didn't occur that it was for me until Alice asked me and asked me to pray about it. And um, as soon as I did, I got that nudging from God that you know you need to step forward. 
Absolutely, it is so much fun. The kids are amazing. Being able to uh, work in kids' lives is amazing. Seeing them each week come back and have memory verses so memorized is such a great experience. Oh, I love it. I just, I just love it. I am willing to do anything people ask me, and I just. It just makes me feel good inside, just just to be able to help people um, when they're down, when they're out. I've had a lot of experiences in certain areas, and if I can relate those experiences that will help someone, I, I like doing that. <laughs> I love doing it. There's nothing that I like more than knowing that I can teach kids something so important for their lives. Yeah, I enjoy it. Um, I enjoy seeing the kids learn more about um, God's Word, and um, I'm just amazed at their at their capacity to, to learn it. And um, a lot of times, I find that I learn a lot more from them. Um, I think he's taught me to be open to new experiences. At first, you know, I, I never came in and was ready to teach, but as the weeks went by, I started learning how to teach memory verses and teach lessons to the kids. So it's really about being open to learning new things and letting God work through you. God has taught me patience, compassion, mercy. I think that it's just to have an open mind and a willing heart to serve people and that even though if you don't think you can do it, then he'll work through you no matter what if you just believe that he can. Um, I think he's taught me to, to just trust him and that whatever he calls you to do, he'll provide whatever you need. He'll equip you. I would say to definitely find an area that you're interested in and just go for it, even if you've never done it before. I think that you can really learn to these things and that God will use you and I think it'll be a great experience for you and everyone that's involved in it. So I think you should just throw yourself into an opportunity to serve. To do it because if you don't, you're missing out on a lot of joy. Uh, it, like I say, it makes me feel good to help people and um, just to be around the people. It just is a wonderful experience. Um, have an open heart about it. See what you love to do and God will use you through that. To someone who isn't serving, I would say just search your heart and pray and God will lead you. And um, like I've experienced before, don't listen to that other voice that might be telling you you can't do it or you don't have what it takes or you may not have the time or um, the patience or whatever it is. Just trust God that he'll equip So again, that was an awesome video that um, just talks about our design, and it talked specifically about the purpose within that design to serve. And I hope that you've seen that common thread, the theme within the theme, um, the past couple of weeks with us, that even in our design, you see that word serve pop up a lot. Jesus said, I, I've come not to, to be served, but to serve and give my life a ransom for many. And so if we're to be like Christ, then we're to be servants. And that's the thing that we've been seeing over and over and over again. And you've even seen it illustrated in the videos. They've 
young voices, elder voices, giving uh, answers to the very questions that we would always ask. Questions like, well, what would I kind of be interested in? And you saw, I think it was Camille in the video who said, I mean, find something that you're interested in and then go for it. And it, and it reminds me of our, our, first, our first step in this series with desires. Hey, what are, you, what, is, what are your desires look like? Where is it that you have an interest at? What's going on that can allow you to go ahead and serve? Um, another one of the things that we stopped on was e-experiences. And one of the popular questions that come up is, are you sure God wants to use me? Everything that I've been through, all the stuff that I've done, all the sins I've committed. I got a dirty past and I don't know if God can use me now. And we got a chance to hear awesome and honest testimony and, and, and a, a service put on by Steve Morris saying, hey, it doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Because God gets the glory and he'll use those experiences for the good of those who love him. And that was a promise from God. And then we got to spiritual gifts and, and well, I, I, okay, Brandon, I'm sold. Okay, I, I, I'm, I have some desires and I know that God forgives me for all the things I've done. I, I know my experiences, but what about gifts? I'm not that gifted. I don't know if I can bring anything to the table. And we found out that everyone has gifts. That even if I'm the eye and you're the ear or you're the hand and someone else is the foot, we all come together for a common purpose, and that's to, to love people and serve. And we talked specifically about that, that gift, love. That if you have not that, then you are nothing. That profits nothing. And then so now we're going to be talking a little bit about that, that I, and that's your individual personality. And so you have your outlines in front of you. You can go ahead and open those up. And I think that as we talk about this, and in the weeks to come as we talk about that G, the growth phase and the N, the natural abilities and all that good stuff, we'll see something, we'll see that theme within the theme, and that's to serve, but we'll see something even more important, and that is that we're designed for a specific purpose. And I think that's what's on your outline for you, is that I'm designed for a purpose, now, here at Grace Hills Church, we, our purpose statement is to honor God by helping people become fully devoted followers of Christ. That's our statement. That's what we live by. That's what we're all about. I honor God by helping people become fully devoted followers of Christ. Now, how is that statement accomplished? How is our purpose accomplished? Through serving. Through serving. Again, we look at Jesus and we see his life. We see it modeled perfectly. Okay, here's a guy who was about serving. His purpose was to honor Father God in heaven, to glorify him, to listen to him in obedience, and to carry out his will in loving people and serving them, helping them. That too is to be our purpose. And if we break that down, we see that our purpose is to serve. Our purpose is to serve in love. When you think about that, it's, it comes very same. It's, it's two things that are important to see. I've come to serve in love, but more importantly, I've come to serve and love. Very uniquely the same, but the, the process of action, but also different. 
Love is extremely important. Again, we saw that last week. You can have all the gifts. You can have all the desires. You can have experienced everything. But when God wants to use you, he wants to have it based on the foundation of his love and your love for others. When they asked Jesus and they approached him and said, hey, if you can sum up everything, what would you say? How would you summarize this? Love God, love people. And so we see that common thread of service come through all these messages and our design, but more importantly, we see a common foundation of love, the spiritual gift of love. Without it, I am nothing. Without it, it profits me nothing. That tells me a lot about my DNA, my identity. When we love, the center of our DNA, when, that's our, when, when love is the center of our DNA, our identity we, we go from I am nothing to I am like Christ. When we love, we become those people who pro- profit nothing to possibilities and opportunities to lead people into the kingdom of God. That's what happens when we accomplish our purpose in serving. And so hopefully as we go through this, you see a lot of things. Um, You see that that DNA of service and love within, okay, what's our personality all about? Because that's very important. One person said this, keep love in your heart because a life without it is like a garden with no sun and the flowers will die. And so likewise, as we walk through life and we have our desires, our experiences, our spiritual gifts, and we're reaching people, if we're not doing it on the foundation of love, then not only will we die, but the people around us will die. I don't want to be around people who are going to be unloving telling me about Christ. It never works. You see the people out there on the bill, with the billboards talking about homosexuality this, or they're talking about um, if you do this, you're going to go to hell. Everybody repent. And they're doing it in a very demonstrative way, an unloving way. Love has to be the foundation. I could never picture a Jesus out there with a billboard going crazy like that. Now, he made some crazy statements, but he made them all within a radical love. What does this say about our personality, though? What does this say about me? Well, first, yes, we have to understand that we're designed. We're designed for a purpose. That purpose is to serve and more importantly, serve in love. But what does this say about my personality? Before we really unpack that, I thought we would go ahead and define it first. So while I define it, go ahead and turn to our first passage where we're going to be resting, and that's in Luke 10, 38 through 42. And I just want to give you some definitions, some, a summary of definitions for our personality. This is what I found uh, when searching some, some sources. It says this, your personality is your actions, your attitudes, and the behaviors you possess. Actions, attitudes, and behaviors you possess. And then it goes on to give you some examples. Before I get to these examples, when I think of actions, attitudes, and behaviors that someone possess, it reminds me of uh, a story that we've all probably been a part of, and that is... Uh, being in some type of public place and someone's got a rotten kid going crazy, right? I, I don't like this when I'm in the movies and I get a rotten kid. 
okay? Keep your rotten kid at home if you're going to come to the movies. It's bad enough I got to hear popcorn cracking, okay? Anyways, you're in, the, you're in the grocery store, and some kid just starts going all out. And it's old, an old enough kid to where they know they need to behave. And they start going crazy, and they start screaming and yelling because they didn't get the candy that they want. They start hitting the mom. And what do you do? If you're like me, you're thinking, boy, she needs to beat that kid, okay? <laughs> or if you're like me, you're thinking, she don't know how to discipline him at all. Why is it always the she, too? It ain't never the he, right? It's always the she. She don't know what she's doing with that kid. Boy, I need to beat that kid and her, you know? You're thinking all these things because what you do is you look at their actions. You see, oh, that's crazy. Out of control. Attitude, you see, oh, man, he's just rude. He's just just disrespectful. And then you see behavior. She does not know how to discipline. And he is just out of character. He's just acting up because he's in public. He knows he'll get what he wants. Selfish. We start to see personality come out and we start to label people. Another few examples are being honest, no matter what the consequences are. Tells a lot about about integrity, but also personality. Having responsibility for all your actions. So we see responsible. Adaptability and compatibility. Those are ones. And then it goes on to give a list of good ones and bad ones. I focus on the good ones. Um, So here's a couple of good ones. Uh, Adventurous, Pastor Mike, to a fault, getting lost. Um, We see... Cultured, dependable, fearless, observant, optimistic, persistent, capable, encouraging. I'm very encouraging. Reliable, helpful, humble, suave. That's a personality? I thought that was a style. I think of suave, I think of Mark Johnson, boy, up here just strumming that guitar, amen? Um... (laughs) They don't think so, apparently, no. Um, Negative personality, laziness, uh, picky, pompous, sarcastic, arrogant, cowardly. So you get the example. I mean, you you get the picture. There's all kinds of different personality traits someone might have that go, go all in to making the the personality itself as a whole for someone. If I look at them, I see all kinds of stuff about them. And so, as we read through the scripture, I think that knowing what personality traits look like, we're going to see a lot of truth about how our personality should be. So, in that Luke passage, go ahead and turn there if you're, if you're not there. Luke 10, 38-42. And we're going to notice something. This is a familiar story um, for those who maybe are thinking about differences or... Uh, personality, even if you yourself have thought of it before. But go ahead and follow along with me as I read. It says this, Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. So this is Jesus being welcomed in to Martha's house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. 
And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away. And so if you look at this, I see personality written all over this. And I'm sure you do now that we're on that subject. When I see this, I see Martha welcoming. Come on in, Jesus. Cultured. And that culture, hey, let me cook a meal for you. Let me wash your feet. Let me make you at home. Let me take care of you. Affable. Friendly. Courteous. We see all these things within Martha. Now we see in Mary, she's the more observant type. (laughs) Maybe nice. Okay, you take care of everything, Martha, and I'm going to keep him company. I'm going to hang out with him. I'm a listener. I'm loving or caring or nurturing in a, in a different way. I'm, I'm more focused. Now, although you're focused on cooking that meal, you're a little frantic and all over the place at the same time, too. When we think about this, we see the personality. On your outline, I want you to go ahead and put for number one, my personality is different from others. That's what we want to go ahead and, and really focus on. My personality, it's far different from others. And some of you are probably thinking when I say that, hey, man. <laughs> but it's true. And I think that this is something that we need to notice because if we don't notice this, we don't take it in and we don't accept it for what it is. Oh, that person's going to be different from me. Their personality is far different. Then we won't, if we don't take it in, then we won't accept it as we move forth in ministry and serving and accomplishing our purpose. And you'll see that come through in some of the other verses. Go ahead and turn just over a couple chapters. Or actually, you're in, you're in Luke. Go ahead and turn to Matthew 14, 22-33. When you got it, say, I got it. We've got some Bible thumpers in here. All right. Matthew 14, 22-33. So this is another familiar passage of Jesus on the water. Let me read it real quick. And when I say quick, I'm talking about Pastor Mike quick. So keep up. It says this, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now on the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. But Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, He walked on the water to go to Jesus. Let's just stop there. We ain't going to focus on the other part yet. So he comes out on the water. He focuses on Jesus. He gets out and he walks. That's what happens. He gets out of the the boat and he walks on the water with Jesus. A couple things that I notice. A couple things that you probably notice now too. Peter seemed a bit fearless. Personality. He seemed a little bit fearless faithful, persistent. How about optimistic? At one point, everyone thinks this is a ghost. And at another point, only one was optimistic, fear, 
fearless and faithful enough to step out of the water and say, no, it's Jesus. He said, it is I. Come out on the water. So while he being optimistic and and fearless, the others, no, I think it's still a ghost. Because if you're like me, you're probably the, the joker, the guy who says, come out on the water and hoping they fall in. Okay? So they're probably thinking the same thing, like, I know he says he's Jesus, but let's let him get a little closer before we just jump out the boat. And Peter's like, man, let's go for it. So we see a little bit about, about Peter. But now we start to see a little bit of differences. Go ahead and turn over a couple chapters to Matthew 17. Matthew 17, 1 through 9. Fast forward to the transfiguration. And we see a little bit of different things. It says, now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, taking with them, talking with them. Then Peter answered and said, Lord, if it's good for us to be here, if you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, arise, do not be afraid. When they had lifted their eyes, they saw no one but only Jesus. And so I want you to think about this for a second. So now you have a difference, different set of personality we see about Peter. Outspoken, maybe a little bit prideful, arrogant, impulsive, perhaps. I mean, he goes up to a mountain and you think, man, okay, Jesus is being transfigured. Man, I got Moses, I got Elijah, and here he is. Let's build a house to worship all three of these guys. This is awesome. And Jesus is like, well, actually, it's not Jesus, God the Father. It's almost like he's like, well, Peter messed it all up. Come on back, Moses and Elijah. And then he shouts out a voice from heaven, this is my son, worship him. And it was a statement of, okay, to him, he is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. And so maybe a little mistake, but we see a lot about personality, impulsive, always the one. Man, when there was a fight, he was the guy with the knife, breaking it out, trying to cut people. I mean, this guy was impulsive, prideful, arrogant. I'll stick by you. And then we see later, oh man, maybe when times get tough, I mean, now he's starting to have a little bit of identity crisis and he doesn't know what to do. And so he denies Jesus three times. The point I'm trying to make is we see a difference. Personality differs from others. And so I think when we accomplish this goal of serving, honor God by helping people become fully devoted followers of Christ within my design to serve, seeing my desires, seeing my experiences, my spiritual gifts, and then using them for the glory of God within that, within that design, I need to understand that as I work with people, as I love on people, that there's going to be a difference. I work with Pastor Mike, and there's many things that we have that are similarities, but there are also difference. When I speak with kids or when I speak with people, I go about it a certain way. And when Pastor Mike goes about it, he goes about it like an old man. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) He's the boss, so I have to be the the follower. I have to listen up, okay? When he comes around, everybody's like, okay, what do we got to do, okay? 
and they're ready, you know. Um, I consider Pastor Mike more knowledgeable. More, he'll sit there and he'll, he'll listen and he can dissect things. He's very intuitive. Me, on the other hand, I'm like, come on, suck it up, man. Let's go. And so another thing is I'm a little bit more patient than Pastor Mike. Just a tiny bit. <laughs> I'm about to lose my job here. I'm digging a hole. Um, <laughs> but we see a difference. It reminds me of a story of a woman named Pearl Good. Does anybody know her? Anybody ever heard of her? So we might have a couple people. Um, there's this woman and her, um, she felt called to pray. She felt called, hey, I, I got to pray for someone. And this specific someone was Billy Graham. And so her life, her life ministry, what caught her ministry, what she was all about was someone who would follow Billy Graham anywhere and everywhere, except across seas, and she'd be the one that would check into a hotel and pray for him. That's, that's uh, I, I, I can't really deal with people. You have to imagine, I can't deal with people. I'm not very outgoing. I'm not very talkative. But what I can do is I can pray. That's my spiritual gift. And through my many experiences, I can, I can, I can really see and, and picture what Billy Graham might have to go through, his team of leadership. Let me pray for them. That's my desire. And so she prayed for him. And that's all she did. They found out that that's what she did. She, I mean, she would check into hotels. She would go to places where it was cold. And there was uh, cheap hotels that she could barely afford. She would go in there. And because it was so cold, she would actually run hot water in the bath, get into the bath and pray. That's someone who was dedicated to her purpose, but understanding it had limits, but God had specifically chosen her and her personality to accomplish the purpose. And so, like Mark was saying, like some of the people were saying in in the video, never say, I can't. Always say, God, what will you have me do? Specific to my desires, my experiences, my spiritual gifts, my personality. My personality is going to be different from others. Second thing we see is this. My personality should facilitate a successful purpose. My personality should facilitate a successful purpose. Now, as you can see in Matthew... 14, 22 33. Go back a couple chapters again. There's some things I want us to kind of focus on. Matthew 14, 22 33. We have that story of walking on the water, and so. I want you to focus on a purpose here. Jesus, or I'm sorry, Peter, this is someone who through his faithfulness, his fearlessness, through these personality traits, he had now set a testimony and a mark for thousands of people to read about years on later, forever. It's become our history now. 
So, and what he's, what he's in fact been doing is because of his example, his light, we talked about at the beginning of the service, because of his example, his light, we now have the opportunity to follow suit. And so we can say, oh, okay, I can see how that was facilitating his purpose, a successful purpose, because his, his acts, his acts of fearlessness, understanding that Jesus would be not only calling him out on the water, but walking with him, calming the sea, that type of Jesus, the one who the winds and the, the waves obey, that Jesus could be the same Jesus for many others when they're in those dark seas of life. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to do it. But I know Jesus sometimes just says, come and walk with me. This storm is crazy, but just come and walk with me. Or even the Mary and Martha story. If you turn back over to Luke 10, if you want to look at it. But you see that Mary's purpose, even though she wasn't the cook, she wasn't the one going all over the place or anything like that, it was to love God. It was funny because I was thinking how I could really demonstrate it. And I came up with a few examples. And then I heard Pastor Mike praying this morning um, just for the service for myself. And he said that um, within his prayer it was not only loving God or praising God um, through worship and praise, but through his word, listening to his word. That's what he said. Likewise, Mary was doing the same thing. Her purpose, love God, love people, she, she upheld that purpose. That purpose was facilitated through her personality of listening, being a good listener. Hey, I'm going to just take it all in. And who knows? Maybe Mary was that type of person who would go out and she was talking with somebody and she needed to hear every single word that Jesus, the creator of the universe, was telling her the day before. It was preparing her for something. Martha, on the other hand, and on a good hand, she was someone who was Loving God, serving God, the purpose was being facilitated through her personality. She was being hospitable, cultured, welcoming. It was more action-oriented, but she was still accomplishing a purpose. Our personality should always facilitate a successful purpose. And we've already figured out that our purpose is to honor God by helping people become fully devoted followers of Christ. So, if I'm someone who's quiet, just a bit timid... I need to find a ministry, a way to serve, a way to conquer my purpose within those personality traits. And then not only that, I need to be willing to change. And we're going to talk about that too. I need to be willing to step out of my comfort zone too. Just like you saw in the video, Nancy, helping out in a variety of different areas. Women's deaconess, head, head woman for the uh, deaconesses. She had to be pushed in some areas. She said, oh, well, I kind of felt like God was pushing me and I got into it or whatever. Or I, I stepped out in faith and uh, she had to really be pushed. And then she found out she loved it. Sometimes it means just pushing the envelope a tad. So we need to facilitate a successful ministry. That woman, um, Pearl Good, I mean, she really did good. It was something that she was willing to say, man, I'll pray because my purpose is to love God, love people, and I can do that through prayer. But it was something specific, something that was action, something that she was willing to do. It was her ministry. And actually, after that, someone, um, a group of people actually started paying for all her trips. So, you know, what? hey, I'll pay for that. 
You're going to be the prayer warrior. I want you to go. I want to go ahead and pay for all that. Everywhere he goes, you go. And you can pray for him. She became his prayer warrior. My personality should facilitate a successful purpose. Check out this verse, though. I want you to focus on something that I thought was really cool. Um, Acts 15, 36-41. Turn there. And this is where it can become a little personal. Because so far we're saying, okay, I get it. My personality is different. I got that. Pastor Mike's way different than me. I'm way different than Pastor Mike. So on and so forth. You're starting to pick people. And we say things like, my personality doesn't mesh well. I don't mesh well with Maria Brock. You know, or she doesn't mesh well with me. See, I love her. She just hates me. Okay, we say things like that. Or whatever it is. We always bicker. We always fight. I think we just both got loud personalities. And we're always clashing. We say things like that. Tame that down just a tad because we're about to see something totally, totally radical here. So Acts chapter 15, 36-41. It says this, Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Now Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take them, take with them the one who had departed from Pamphylia and not gone with them to the work. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Sicilia, strengthening the churches. And so what I get from this is, on your outline under number two, our differences should never cause purpose failure. Our differences should never cause purpose failure. And you're saying, man, that, that, their differences, their personality perhaps, cause a division. It caused a division. Well, not necessarily because, see, there are those who like to, desi- who maybe perhaps divide and fail. These divided and conquer. And I think that's because the purpose was one and the same. See, John Mark didn't go one way with Barnabas and and decide, hey, I'm going to go ahead and do it my way. Forget Paul. Uh, You know, he was doing it wrong the whole time anyways. This is how I'm doing it. And he went this way. That's not exactly what he he didn't do that at all. His his purpose was still to love God, love people and honor them and honor him by helping people become fully devoted followers of Christ. He stuck to that ministry, that purpose. Something didn't work well. He didn't take him down for it. He just went his way and accomplished his purpose. Paul, likewise. And actually later in the Bible, we see Paul, when he was on his deathbed, basically said, hey, I need you to bring John Mark to me. Bring him to me. I need him. He's going to minister to me in a special way. And so you see, there was still a love relationship there. Personality differences. Purpose, one of the same. And then real quick, Real quick, number three, my personality affects what I do and how I do it. We see this 
We see this with Mary and Martha. I mean, it was clear as day. You can go through all these verses and you can see how it happens and all that good stuff. But my personality affects what I do and how I do it. Because Mary was the more timid, more shy, more calm, better listener, more obedient through hearing of God's word, then she, she did it one way. Martha, more action-oriented, more um, excitable, more impulsive, more, hey, let's get it done. She was doing it a whole nother way. So my personality affects what I do and how I do it. The point I want to focus on is the sub point is personalities can change for the good and bad. But I want us and I think God wants us to change for the good. So, for example, some people will say, uh, yeah, I'm just that's just not me. I'm not outgoing, so I'm not going to do that. And I don't think that that's where God wants us to be in that place of being so comfortable that we're not willing to do what he's called us to do. I mean, it took three times for, for Jesus to kind of get Peter in the moment. Do you love me? Yes. No. Do you really love me? Yes. Do you even love me at all? I, I love you. You know my heart. Okay. Feed my sheep. It took him three times to kind of, okay, I'm priming you for ministry and it's going to be difficult. Moses, but when he was asked to go and do a great work for God, I mean, he came up with every excuse you can come up with. And God used it. That's your personality, but I don't want to leave you there. I know that's who you are now, but I plan to take you somewhere else. Personalities can change for the good and bad, change for the good. Philippians 3, 12 through 14. I've been ran out of time, so let me try and get through this. Are you all with me? Okay, all right. I need to get some amens up in here or something like that because y'all some, sometimes sound asleep. Philippians three twelve through 14 says this, Not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do is forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to the things which are ahead. I press on toward the upward goal of the upward I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God and Christ Jesus. This idea, I'm not content with staying where I'm at. I'm always moving forward and growing. I'm not going to be so shy, so timid. I'm not going to rely so much on my personality that I disregard my purpose. God's going to have prayer warriors in a place of ministry speaking and talking with people sometimes because that's what God does. He takes people out of comfortable situations and places them in opportunities to serve because someone needs to hear the message of Christ. Amen. And so that's what he's going to do with us sometimes. He's going to take us out of our comfort zone, throw us in something uncomfortable because someone needs to hear where you've been through. They're just not in the atmosphere you're used to them being in. So sometimes we need to change and we need to change for the good. We need to always be remembering. I need to press on, press on more like Christ, less like myself, press on, press on more like Christ, less like the world. And then lastly, my personality should complement my design, my purpose, my ministry, my design, my purpose, my ministry. Psalm 139. Mark, don't hate me. Psalm 139, 13 through 16 says this. I will 
For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought out in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. Notice in 14, I will praise you. In 15, I was skillfully made. Because of the way I was made, it shows me that I was designed to praise you. I was designed to praise you. My personality should complement my design, my purpose, my ministry. I'm designed to praise God. I'm designed to let my light shine before men so that they might see my good works and glorify my Father in heaven. And because of that, it complements my desires. It it, it utilizes my experiences. It's the face of my spiritual gifts. It demonstrates how I grow, and it highlights my natural abilities. That's what my personality does. So I need to be dedicated to... To this purpose of loving God, loving people, and serving Him in the most awesome way that I can, more importantly, in love. You have a design, you have a purpose, and you know that now. What's your ministry, though? That's the so what. You have a design, you have a purpose, what's your ministry? What are you doing for the kingdom of God? Because you all have a part to play. You might be the ear, you might be like Pastor Mike, you might be the foot. Might not look so great, old and crusty, you know, (laughs) but you still got a purpose. (laughs) What's your ministry? What's your ministry? I might be looking for a new one. Let's pray. (laughs) Let's pray. Dear God, you're an awesome God. And we took up a little extra time really focusing on our personality, God, and it's different. We have some differences, God, but we should never let them cause divisions to where we are failing that purpose. But they should always be a a purpose that is successful. So help us to be people who do just that. Our personalities, they are weird sometimes, God. And help us to change that what needs to change and use that which needs to be used. We love you and we praise you and we pray that our personality would complement our design, our purpose, our ministry. To love you, love people, and help usher them into the kingdom of God by the power of your Holy Spirit. And now as we uh, seek you through worship and praise you with our words, but more importantly our hearts, help us to do just that through communion. As we remember the blood you shed in serving us and your body that was broken by serving us. Help us to do just that. Help us to serve you now as we seek you through worship and communion. We love you and praise you and to all the glory and honor be yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, you are